and say, God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't just, I don't know about you, but I'm going to wait for just a minute and let God continually move. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is God all by himself. Amen. He is God all by himself. We're going to let him do what he needs to do. Hallelujah. 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 How many know there's nobody like you, Lord? Hallelujah. There is nobody like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Nobody can do us like he can. So we just let him do what he need to do. And you know, we wait on him. We have to learn to wait on God because when God is moving, God want to do what he need to do. Not what we want him to do, but what he needs to do. So we don't mind waiting. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. 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 I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't mind waiting. Glory God. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't Come on, he's worth the wait. Hallelujah. Because I know he's coming at the right. I don't know. I'll wait on the Lord. Can we say it again? Come on.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you. We adore you, God. We lift you up because you are high and you lift it up. God, you're El El Yon, God, you're the most high God. God, you Elohim, you the creator, God. You're Jehovah Shalom, God, you're a God of peace. You're Jehovah Jireh, you're our provider, God. You're Jehovah Rapha, God, you are a healer, God. You're Jehovah Nisi, God, you are a banner, God. And we just give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise, God. For everything that you are to us, God, you the great I am that I am, God, you can do whatever need to be done, God, here in this place right now, God. So we just thank you, God, for what you have already done, God, for what you're doing, God, right now in the midst of us. We give you glory because you deserve all the glory, all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name. Now, Father God, as I open my mouth to teach your people, I thank you that you have already filled it. I thank you for giving us the tongue of the learned God so we can hear, God, what you will have us to hear, so we can say, God, what you will have us to say. God, I thank you and I praise you for my teacher and for my helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And for that, God, you get the glory. You get all the honor and you get all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. We are going to continue our teaching on we're in a spiritual battle. So I'm going over the same scripture, but before I go back through this scripture, the Holy Spirit was telling me this morning that, you know, the church have got into the mode of do-it-myself mode. And the reason why he has shared that with me, dealing with do-it-myself mode, is because when you do it yourself, you got to keep up that mode. That means you got to keep on impressing the people with what you come up with. And when we do it ourselves, then people are looking for that same thing. And then you have to do the same thing to get the people energized, to get them to a place to receive do-it-myself mode. And I just really started just laughing on the inside because there's so many churches out there in do-it-myself mode that they don't know when he's in the house. Because they're so used to the way a man carries out the service of God. And the only thing we have to do is be ready to speak and do what he requires us to do. If we get out of do-it-myself mode and quit trying to make people see us, instead of allowing God's glory to come through us, then things will begin to manifest in the midst of us. People are wearing themselves out because they're in do-it-myself mode. Me and my husband was watching this gentleman, and this gentleman, he has a beautiful voice, and we know that God had given him that voice, but when you're raised in a church where they do things to shake people up, where they do things to make people think God is moving, that that's all they know. And they're thinking that they're doing something, but they're in do-it-myself mode. So when you see people running all over the place, wiping their face, oh, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. You in do-it-myself mode because you're trying to do something to stir the people up 
And you're not yet realizing the Holy Ghost ain't on the scene. That's you on the scene. So what we have to do is always be ready for what he would have us to do. And if you would just live that spiritual life that God has given to you through Jesus Christ, you don't have to be in a do-it-myself mode. You're just going on about your father's business like Jesus did. Amen? So let's look at the scripture, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And let's go through this again. Starting at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You may be seated. I want to start again and say we are in a spiritual battle. And if you don't know by now that you are in a spiritual battle, something is wrong. God wants us to be aware of what's going on around us. And the only way you can be aware of what's going on around you is through the word of God. I have come to realize that if I'm in the spirit and you in the flesh, you're not going to know spiritual things. A fleshly minded person, a carnally minded person means death. But a spiritual minded person means life and peace. So see, we can have two minds floating around in the church. We can have a fleshly minded person, which is carnal. And we can have a spiritually minded person. This is how the body of Christ is divided because you have fleshly and you have spiritual, even though we're all born again. And this is why we have to be on one accord because of the spiritual battle that we're in. And if you're not aware of this battle, you will be in the midst of this battle fighting against your brother and sister. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to come against each other. He want to divide and he want to conquer. He want to come in the church and he want to divide the ones that he know that's holding up our hands, our arms. He want to come in and he want to try to conquer. But when you in the word of God, you are not ignorant of Satan devices. You know when he coming in and you know surely when he going out. Because God has given us the power. He has given us the ammunition and we need to quit calling on God because God is saying, why are you calling on me? This is what he told Moses when the people was just complaining and they were mumbling and Moses gave them a word and he said, fear not. He said, because those that you see, you're not going to see no more. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He was saying salvation means deliverance. It means freedom. It means prosperity. Everything is in that word of salvation. But God told Moses, he said, why are you sitting here talking to me? God is going somewhere this morning. We spend too much time talking to God about that mountain 
telling, asking God to remove that mountain. And God said, I have given you the power on the inside of you for you to speak to that mountain. So the only thing we got to do is open our mouth and begin to speak to whatever dead situation is in our life. And we bring it to life through the word of God. You cannot do nothing without the word. And this is the problem in the body of Christ. We think that we can be in position, but you cannot keep position without the word. The word is the only thing that's going to last in our lives. We have to have this. This is why the Bible say, give us our daily bread. And I don't believe that's only talking about money, money, money. Every day I need some manna, y'all. Every day I need to be reminded of who I am now that I'm in Christ. Because I might come up on somebody that want to come in and attack me. So I have to know what the word has to say concerning that attack. We spend more time fighting one another than we spend in the word of God. We spend more time gossiping about what this one done and what that one done and how they did it and how they hurt my feelings. Instead of standing with your whole armor of God on and knowing that this is not a fleshly battle. I'm in a spiritual battle. This is not my wife. This is a spirit using my wife. This is not my husband. This is a spirit using my husband. These are not my children. This is a spirit using my children. This is not my boss. This is a spirit using my boss. So we got to know that we're being used by the enemy and we're used because we allow it. The enemy can do no more than what you allow. What you say, you said it. And never say the devil made me do it. Because I don't think the devil is choking you and telling you, you're better, you're better. Because we know what we want to say and what we don't want to say because that's what we're full of. And whatever you full of is what's going to come out of your mouth. So we need to start dealing with what we are full of. Because if you don't deal with what you full of, somebody's going to be full of what you full of. Because you come out with what you full of. And if you don't get rid of what you full of, you still going to come out with what you full of, even though you apologize. The only way you can get it up and get it out is to root it up. And the only way you can root it up is through the word of God. And you can't have one night of gospel to root it up. You need several nights, several mornings, several days, several months to say, I'm not dealing with this. Y'all should know that when the doctor give you medication, it don't work overnight. But we wait on it. And when it ain't doing like it's supposed to do, we on the phone say, hey, I need to speak to the doctor. What I, what I got going on and what he said I got going on, what they gave me ain't working. It's making me sick and I can't take it. You go to the doctor and you tell the doctor that you want something else because what they have given you just ain't working. But I got something to tell y'all. I got a prescription this morning. Amen. That it never fails. Whatever God said is going to do, it's already done it. It's a guarantee. And when you go to God, 
You shouldn't go to God and say the word don't work. You should go to God and say it ain't the word, it's me. Work on me through the word. We think the word don't work. Because we still in our situation. Hmm. Some of us are in the situation because we choose to stay in the situation because the word works. It's proven through what's written. The word will never fail. God is no failure. There's no failure in God. I'm going back to do it myself mode. See, when people are running their mouth and saying what they believe, some of them are in do it myself mode because they think they know the word so much. That they're spitting it out and people believe in what's coming out of their mouth. But when something hit their house, do it myself mode is trying to fix it. When you were using the word and now you say it ain't working. I call that do it myself mode. You're trying to work the word to get something done. You don't have to work this. It's already been worked out. Only thing you got to do is stand on it. In spite of what you're going through, because let me tell you something. The more you stand on this word, the hotter it's going to get. The more you stand on this word, the more the pain going to come. The more you stand on this word, it's going to get higher and higher and higher. Every round gets higher and higher and higher. This is why Paul was teaching the Ephesians concerning this armor. This is why God is coming into this house and teaching you about your spiritual armor. Why? Because stuff is happening. And you got to be um, ready for what's happening around you. And you have to know what's happening around you. And you will not know it unless God show it to you spiritually. And the only way he has to show it to you spiritually is we got to be still sometime. We got to be still so we can hear God. So we can say, God, wait a minute. There's a stillness around me. Things are too calm around me. And sometimes when things are calm... It don't mean that it's okay. I want y'all to know this. Sometimes when things are so calm, it does not mean everything is okay. That's when you got to put your spiritual antennas up and say, God, I know you about peace. And I thank you for the peace. But I'm feeling in my spirit that something ain't right. But you know what we do? We get too comfortable. We get too relaxed. We turn on the TV. We get our popcorn. We sit there and think everything is okay. And that's when the enemy is coming in with a sneak attack. While we're off what we should be doing, we, we just relaxed. We just got up. We're supposed to always have this armor on. And the ones that have the armor on and they're sensing... Something ain't right. The one that's over there that ain't in the word is like, it's okay. It's okay. That's just you. Because they natural. But you in the spirit and you're saying there's something that's coming. That God said he wants us to prepare ourselves for. God will prepare you. For what's yet to come and he will tell you. Like he told Hezekiah, it was time for Hezekiah to die. God sent Isaiah and he said, Hezekiah, get your house in order. It's time for you to depart. 
God was letting him know that the life you live in here on earth, it's time for you to leave, Hezekiah. Because he was sick unto death. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. And he began to talk to God. He began to tell God how he stood in the midst of whatever was going on. Basically, he was saying, God, I was upright. Even in the midst of what was going on around me, I'm paraphrasing it. But Hezekiah began to open his heart to the Lord. And God began to whisper in Isaiah's ear. Because back then, he spoke to the prophet. But see, now he don't have to speak to the prophet. He can speak to you. The prophet come in and only decree and declare what's already said. The prophet only come in and warn you through what God is up. Come on, yo, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're waiting on a prophet to tell you something, just give up and die. But he spoke to Isaiah. And Isaiah had to be in a place to hear God. God is saying, are you in a place right now to hear what the spirit has to say to you in the midst of the storm? Isaiah heard God. God told Isaiah what to do concerning Hezekiah. And God said, tell him I'm giving him 15 more years. He didn't ask for them 15 years. God told Isaiah to tell him, I'm going to give you. 15 more years, but I'm going somewhere with this because somebody need this evidently because God is popping the word up in my spirit. I'm going to give you 15 more years, Hezekiah. Hezekiah was so happy, but he said, how am I going to know that God is going to do this? Hezekiah wanted a sign. So God gave him what he asked for. God to give you what, you what you asked for. But then here go Hezekiah. He's so happy. Come on, y'all, I don't know about y'all, but put your place in Hezekiah's shoes. Hezekiah was a dead man. But now he's living. He's been brought back to life through the word. Only thing it took was a word from God to Isaiah, and Isaiah done what the word said, and then healing took place. But Hezekiah was so happy that he's showing everything to his enemy. Somebody been showing something to the enemy because you're happy. God said, you're revealing things to the enemy because you're happy. Because you feel like everything is all good now. So you're taking the enemy in your house. And you're showing him stuff. He began to take the enemy in the temple. Show him everything that was in the temple, the gold, all this stuff. Hezekiah was happy. And God told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, the very ones that you're showing this to, It's the very ones that's going to come in and take what you have. God said the church is getting too happy. Because you seeing God do something. Now you want to show everything that you got. You want to tell everything. Some things are not to be told. Because you giving stuff to the enemy. Something that he didn't know about. See the enemy know how to do it. The enemy always steps in on something good. Y'all don't know when you got a good marriage, look out. When your kids is acting good, look out. When it looks like you're getting promotion on your job, look out. Because the enemy's going to come in and try to destroy everything you got. 
And when you that happy, that's when he come in to tear it up. So this is why we got to have on our whole armor. And the first thing that Paul says, he said, your might and your ability don't come from you. Let's leave us out of it. Let's get out of the do it myself mode and feeling like if I don't do it, it won't get done. Because that's a do-it-yourself mode, and that means that you're running off of your ability and your might, and you've been running off of it so long that you're exalting yourself high above God and saying, I can do this. I've always done it, and I'm going to continue to do it. And you got people in that do-it-yourself mode. People begin to depend on you because you always done it for them. Instead of allowing them to do it for themselves. There's a time in our lives that we have to let our children go and we have to take them out of that do-it-yourself mode from us. We got to stop doing it for them. We got to allow them to grow up and experience life because if you raise them in the way that they should go, you shouldn't always be handing out to them. You should say it's time to rise up. It's time to get out and get a job. It's time to make something out of your life. You can't lay here and eat Captain Crunch all day and play games. And thinking you got it easy. They got it easy because we make it easy. You know why? Because we want to be accepted. We want our kids to look up to us. Come on, the spiritual attacks in the home. Because if the wife ain't getting attention from the husband, she's going to get it from them kids. If the husband ain't getting the attention from the wife, he's going to get it from those kids. Or they're going to find substance to get it from. Because everybody want attention from somebody. Come on, if you used to somebody always looking out for you, and all of a sudden it's been days and they ain't said nothing to you, oh, you feel like you lost your best friend. You feel like you can't make it no more. You feel like, what am I going to do? Nobody's calling me. Nobody said nothing to me. Nobody's doing nothing for me. Do it myself mode. So that tells you who you were depending on when you cut them off. See, there's a time in ministry that when God give us what to give you, he said, cut them off. We got too many pastors with a congregation holding on to them. Our job is to teach you and let you go. And when you fall, our job is to take that rod and bring you back in to let you know you're out of place. Not to hold on to you, because all of us should grow by grace. And when a pastor see a sheep not growing, that pastor's supposed to step in. That's where counseling come in. Even though they know the word, evidently something got them off track. So you bringing them back in with that rod of correction. And you telling them where they got off at. And if they don't hear you, you done your job. It's too many people looking up the pastors. If the pastor don't call, if the pastor don't come, I'm going to leave church. You better start leaving Miracle Temple then. Because God raised up leaders in the house that when they call, I done called. When they come see you, I done been there to see you. 
When you see them, you're supposed to see Jesus and not me anyway. Everything is done in decency and in order. If they call you and check on you, I called and checked on you because it's in place. Getting mad at the pastor. Ain't heard from the pastor. Ain't seen the pastor. Where's the pastor? I was here. I was right here. That means you unlearned. That's why you have positions in the church. And they're set up to handle so it won't wear the pastor out. People feel like pastors are God. I'm here to tell you I am not God. But I serve a mighty God. And God allowed me to hear right in your bedchambers. And that's when you begin to fold them hands. And get in position. And pray. That's armor. That's the armor we're supposed to have on. Knowing it's not our ability. It is the ability God give us to fight in this battle. It is God's power, it is God's might that helps you to get through what you're going through. God did not leave you here on this earth by yourself. I want you to understand that. He knew that you could not take the things that are coming at you without the help of his power, without the help of the Holy Spirit. So he said, I'm going to leave you a helper. I'm going to leave you a comforter. I'm going to leave you someone that you can call on in your times of trouble. When you can't reach the pastor, when you can't reach the deacons, when you can't reach other leadership, he said, the Holy Spirit is right there. He's your answer. He said, call on me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you are not, that you don't know. So when we go into the word, you got to make sure that your might and ability ain't coming from you. You can't go in the battle thinking it's about you. You got to go into the battle knowing that the might and the ability and the power that you have comes from God. If you don't know that, don't go into this battle. Because the battle that was already won through Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be standing on what's already won. We don't supposed to be going out and trying to get a victory. We're coming from the victory. So if you're going out to obtain a victory, stay home. God wants you to stand in the victory that has already been won. Then he tell you once you understand that God has given you the power to fight in this warfare... That's when he goes on to say, I love this part. He goes on to say, finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord. Then he said, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand against. Stand means I got to hold my position. I got to have on the whole armor of God to hold the position that God has given me through Jesus Christ. The position that I'm holding comes through him, not through me, y'all. That's what I want you to understand. Your position is coming through what Jesus has already done. He said, when you put on the whole armor to stand against the wiles, he said he got schemes. He got tricks. He got deceit. The only way you can stand against that is putting on the whole armor of God. Then he reminds us, he said, I want to tell you one thing. You're not fighting against each other. He said, you're fighting against these principalities. They are in ranks. Do y'all know why they come in ranks? Because when they got thrown out of heaven, they were already ranked. Jesus had already set up the kingdom. God, the way he wanted to be set up, everything that Satan is doing, he's piggybacking off of what's already done. Y'all don't get it? Because God created everything. He's using God's creation 
for his benefit. He's using us. God created us. We have the authority. So Jennifer Simpson, if the devil don't use you, Tyson won't be mad. (laughs) Even if she don't say nothing, even if she have a look on her face, Tyson will be mad. Because he see what's on her face. It's the same thing with her. I'm using it for illustration. He got to use a body. He got to have somebody to act through. Because he know I don't have nothing on you no more. But he wants you to think he has something on you. That's why he used the people you love. The people that you would think that wouldn't do you that way. That's why you got to have on your whole armor to know what's coming at you. One thing I can say about my grandfather, he had on some armor, y'all, because before the attack would come, he would let you know what's coming. And he would have on that armor and he'll be ready for it. He would always tell you this right here is getting ready to happen, but this is what you need to do. Come on, y'all. That's how we should be. It should be somebody in the home that's standing in position. Even though somebody else is out of position, you in your position and you saying, honey, this attack is coming here. But God said it should be somebody that can speak the word of truth. It shouldn't be a house that's about foolishness all the time. It should be somebody in that house that that child know they can go to in the time of trouble. Why? Because they watch your relationship. They watch how you carried out things. They saw how you handled things. But guess what? The enemy don't want the children going to that one. The enemy want the children going to the one that always said yes. I was a no mama. Before they can act, no. No. Well, let's go check with daddy. Daddy was this kind of daddy. He had his head down. He waited. You know what daddy would say? What mama say? What did your mama say? See, you got to be on one accord in the house. What did your mama tell you? Well, you know, she always say no. Boy, your name is no. I wouldn't even know how to begin to say yes to that. Why? Because when you're in the spirit on the Lord's day, you see already what's coming before it come. No. Do they hate you for that? No. Yes. They'll go, yes. So that's why we have to have on this armor so we'll know how to answer. Some of us don't know how to answer because we don't have on the armor and we always say yes because we want to be accepted. If you had on the armor, you can still say no and say, I'm already accepted. I'm already chosen. I'm already adopted. When you have on this armor, you ain't worrying about what people think about you. You ain't worrying about what they say about you. Because all of his promises in Christ is yes and amen to me. So regardless, if you're looking at me one cross-eyed, it doesn't matter. Why? Because I got to stand in position on what he's saying and not on how you feel. Ask your neighbor, say, are you in position? Say, for real, are you really in position? Say, quit playing, quit playing. Are you in position? Say, don't fool yourself. 
Because you'll make a fool out of yourself. Now, some people got offended at that. She called me a fool. The devil's in the house. See, where's your armor? See, because everything that crossed my hearing spiritually, I'm going to spit it out. Why I spit it out? Because I make it known. Why do I make it known to let the devil know, oh, no, you can't have your way up in here. That's why we need to hear in the spirit. We need to hear what God says, not what we feel. Y'all, faith ain't no feeling. Because if you go on how you feel, you'll never believe God. You got to go on what the spirit is saying, not on how your body feel, y'all, because your body ain't going to feel good all the time. Because if it ain't your head, it's your toe. If it ain't your toe, it's your finger. If it ain't your finger, it's in the middle part. If it ain't the middle part, it's something else going on. So if you go on how you feel, you just give up and die. Because you in a body, you in an earth suit. But then he said, you got to be aware. You got to stand. You got to have on the whole armor because you're standing against the wiles of the enemy. But then that next verse says, 13, I'm going there. Take unto you the whole armor. He go to armor again. He want to make sure that they got on this armor. He says, so that you may be able to withstand. Withstand means to what? Oppose him. He said, I want you to stand against him. Now I want you to oppose him. He said, in the evil day and having done all to stand, that stand me. I want you to hold your ground. Amen. So he said, I want you to be in position. I want you to stand your position. I want you to oppose him. And I want you to hold your ground. Are we ready for that? Can we stay in position? Can we oppose the enemy? Can we hold our ground? Yes, if we have on our armor. But if you don't have on your armor, it's no point of you saying all this stuff and you ain't ready for battle. Right. Then he go to another part of it. He said, stand therefore. That means I'm ready for battle. Amen. I'm prepared for battle. And then he goes on with the first piece. Y'all know we talked about this last week, the belt of truth. The first thing you got to put on is that belt of truth. And he said, you got to be girded with the belt. Why did Paul use a soldier? Because that's what he was around all the time. God will give you revelation through what you're around. God will set up a message through what you're around and he'll use the word of God to tell you what you need to do. So Paul will look at those soldiers and God began, he said, they got on this belt of truth. Now let me tell you about the truth spiritually. He said the belt and, and on them look natural, but I want to talk about the belt spiritually. He said, I want you to gird yourself. See, a soldier had to take and took all of their stuff up with that belt because they couldn't go into battle with everything hanging because it was like a dress. It couldn't get in the way. They had to be prepared for battle. So he said, I want you to gird yourself with this belt of truth. That means I want you to be well-rounded. The belt go all the way around you. How many of y'all, when you put on a belt, you know when you miss the loop? Anybody? You feel like, I done missed something. So you go and feel around there. Some of us got to do it, have a long arm. Or get some help to say, honey, did I miss something around there? Because you miss the loop. And then when you miss the loop, how many of us take the belt out and start over again? Where am I going? That's just what it does when it comes to the word of God. Come on, we miss it sometime. But we still stand and we start again and say, wait a minute, God, I missed that revelation. 
I missed that illumination because the Bible said the word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. And the interest of the word gives me light and it gives me understanding. This is why he told his disciples, he said, you got to continue in the word. You got to abide. You got to remain there. And he said, as you do that, you're my disciple indeed. People know true disciples. They know true followers of Christ. True followers of Christ stand on what they believe. They're not swayed like a windshield wiper. They may fall out of position, but they come back. And they get back into the word of God. I want you to look at your neighbor again and say, neighbor, did you not know that it takes the word of God for you to live, for you to have life? See, you're a spiritual being. It takes the word. And this is one thing that some, because I don't want to make you stumble. So I'm going to say some. That some people in the body of Christ don't do. We put everything else before this word. And you cannot go into battle. Without the belt of truth. The Bible said you got to continue in this word. To be my disciple. He didn't only say that. This is Jesus talking. This is the word himself talking. He said. And after you continue in my word. You abide there. You remain there. He said then. You shall know. The truth. And the truth is what make you free. People don't know it. Because they don't continue in it. And they get mad at you because you're in it. Because that's your home. That's where you abide. That's where you remain. And I always talk about my grandfather a lot. And the reason why I talk about him a lot because I saw his lifestyle. I saw what he did on a daily basis. Not that I didn't see my grandmother's lifestyle. It's just that granddaddy stood out. And the reason why he stood out is because the journey I'm on today. God had to use somebody in my life and grandmother stood out in some other areas. But when it came to these things that I'm teaching, God used him to show me life through the word of God. He used him to show me this is how you have to live and you can live this way. He said, if you in the word, I don't care when we sat down and you in the room with granddaddy, I was scared, y'all. Because when you in the room with that man and I look at him and granddaddy would be asleep, I take a deep breath. And in my mind, I say, whew. He sleep. Granddad will wake up and say, I ain't sleep. I said, I've been doggone. You couldn't get away from him. He knew what you were thinking before you even thought about it. And the way he would talk to you when you knew you were doing something you ain't supposed to do, he wouldn't condemn you with it. His voice would be so calm. He would bring conviction to you through the calmness of his voice. And you'd be like, on it. on it. Because you knew this, and sometimes he wouldn't say nothing. Just being in his presence, you would tell it all. He had to say nothing sometimes. Why? Because he had on that belt. Yo, he wore the belt all the time. He wore the belt of truth all the time. And he didn't miss it. And anytime you would come to him and you would ask him a question, the only thing that he would shoot at you was truth. Even though you didn't want to hear the truth, he know knowing the truth, baby, is going to set you free. He said, it's the only thing that's going to free you is the truth. And when you say, but granddaddy, this is what they're saying. He said, taint so. 
This is what the word says. Do y'all know people did not want him to come in their homes? Because they said all he did was talk all the time. Now, in this day that we're living in, come on in. Take a seat. Because you want to hear it now. But he left something. He left a deposit. He left the word with his children, with his grandchildren, with other people. And you go back and you remember what he said. And here it is coming. It's not because it wasn't already written. God was telling him what was yet to come. Because he had on that belt. And he continued. He knew the truth. He knew that the more you know about the truth, the freer you get. He said, so if it hurts, if I'm the one getting hurt, because I'm giving you the truth, it's all right. Because the truth tells me that he was hated because of the word. So if he was hated, he told me I was already going to be hated. So he already prepared me to receive hate because of truth. But we get mad when somebody opposes us because of the truth and we go into the pride mode. I know what I'm talking about. You don't tell me. That's not the way Jesus did it. Jesus just gave you the truth and that was it. He didn't have to do nothing else. So when we wear that belt of truth, it's going to hold up the other armor. You cannot go into this battle without truth, y'all. You have to get into this word, Miracle Temple. You can't only get in here, but this has to be your home. You can't get in here on Sunday and don't pick it up to next Sunday. You can't even get in here on Tuesdays and don't pick it up until it's time for a test. Only what God does is lasting. Because the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. But this word, it shall remain. The word ain't going nowhere. The word is the only thing that's going to last, y'all. So if the word is the only thing that's going to last, why aren't we holding on to it? Why aren't we abiding in it? Why aren't we sticking with it? Why are we letting this go so easily, but we're holding on to everything else? You can't even hold on to a marriage without the word. You can't hold on to children without the word. You can't hold on to your job without the word. You can't hold on to people without the word. Because guess what? They'll let you go. But the word is going to stand. So there go that belt of truth. Continuing in the truth. But then he said, now that you got on that belt, we're ready to put the other armor in place. He said, now I want you to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth hold up that breastplate. Why? Because the Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him, through him. So that means that truth told me, because I continue in the truth, apostle, that I have come to realize that I am the righteousness of God, not through anything that I have done, but through what he has done for me. Because the standard that God had was too high. I couldn't reach that standard. But because of me knowing what Jesus done for me, I'm in right standing with God. And being that I'm in right standing with God, I can go to him because of Jesus, and I don't have to try to get nothing right to be in right standing. 
So the first thing you got to know that you in right standing with him, you can come to him because of Jesus, not because of you. And now that you in right standing with him and you know what Jesus done on your behalf, you want to live a righteous life. And when you live in a righteous life, you live in the righteous life based on him and not on you. So when you mess up in your life, you're saying, Daddy, God, you ain't looking at my mess up. You're looking at your son. But because I knew I messed up, I want to close that door so the enemy won't mess with my armor, making me think I'm not worthy. Because that breastplate have to stay in place. Because that's where your vital organs are. That's where your heart is. That's why the Bible tells us, my son, pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, keep them, guard them in the midst of your heart. Because they're what? They're life unto all flesh. They're health, right? That's your medicine. Y'all, this is your medicine. The word is your medicine. If you're not taking your medicine, you die spiritually. You die spiritually. You're walking like a dead man, even though you're born again. So this is why when you put on that breastplate and you're living that righteous life, it's because you're taking heed to the word of God. You know who you are now that you're in Christ. And the enemy can't bring those blows. You got your heart that you have to protect, your vital organs, the breath of life, your lungs. Because the enemy want to take that life. The life comes through what? The word of God. He want to tell you the word ain't working. You're not who you say you are. You're not worthy. You got to do this and you got to do that. And the only thing you got to say is the only thing I have to do is trust God. Because that's who I am in him. So you got to have on that breastplate. Then the next thing that we go into, and he said, and have your feet shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace. So I got on my belt of truth. I got on my breastplate of righteousness. Now he said, I want you to put those sandals on your feet. I want you to be ready and prepared to go out and present this good news, the gospel. Sometimes it's called the gospel of peace. Sometimes it's called the gospel of the kingdom. Sometimes it's called the gospel of Christ. He said, but you're supposed to be prepared and you're supposed to be ready no matter where you are to tell them the good news. I don't care what restaurant you're in. You're supposed to be ready because the Holy Spirit will prompt you and say, I want you to minister to that one. See, when we're in our do it ourselves mode, we'll run up to somebody. Do you know Jesus? Go through drive-thrus. I would like to order, do you know Jesus? That's your do-it-yourself mode. Because when the Holy Spirit come in, he's so sweet. And he's so gentle. He'll have you to say something that you know, they know. Ain't nobody know that but God. And he'll have you to say it when ain't nobody around. When the mic is cut off and they don't understand why the mic ain't working no more. Because God got a message for you. I'm bringing you some peace. I'm letting you know that before we were enemies with God, 
But because of his son, Jesus Christ, because of the price that he paid for redemption, because of him shedding his blood, I'm telling you that God is bringing you some peace today, some good news. And the good news is his death, his burial and his resurrection. And because of Jesus, we can experience the kingdom of God. We can experience this way of living that God prepared for us. But it got taken through who? Through Adam. But I want to tell you about this good news. I want to tell you what Jesus done. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The only way you can get to the father is through his son. There is no other way. He's the way, the truth and the life. You can't go on your good works. You can't go on. You go to church. You can't go on that you give to people. You can't go on. You ain't never cursed in your life. You can't go on. You never drunk in your life. You got to go on what Jesus done. Because your good works is not going to get you into heaven. So see, you taking them this peace. You letting them know that you have been justified. That you have been acquitted. The price has been paid. He has wiped it clean, your past, your present, and your future sins. Now you have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Not only the peace you have with God, but you share God's peace. Not the peace that the world give unto you. God said, I'm giving you peace that the world can't give you. I'm giving you the kind of peace in the midst of the storm where you can overcome and have cheer. You can be of a good cheer. That's my peace, my peace. Is a peace where you're not anxious for anything. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you're making your request made known unto God. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Now I want you to do something else for me. Look at some people and say, wake up. Wake up. Say you're already allowing the enemy to take a piece of armor. Why is it? I guess there's so much peace in here. Y'all can get some rest, right? (laughs) This is a place you can come in and just rest, right? This is a place where you got to wake up because he's preparing you for what's yet to come. We get, so if I turn on them fans, I'm going to hear somebody snoring in a minute. (laughs) Then you'll be wanting a blanket. It's time to wake up. It's time to take and grab hold to what God is giving you because God is preparing you. For battle, y'all. And I'm going to tell you something. The one that's giving you this, don't you think he's trying to come at me with his best shot? See, when you're teaching a thing, you got to be prepared yourself. Some people don't want to teach it because they say, I don't want to deal with that. As long as you're in this world, you're going to deal with something or somebody. But you got to know how to deal with it through the word of God. This is why you got to keep your position. So we have to be out walking ready having those sandals on and with the sandals with the um the soldiers what they had to do they had spikes on those sandals and what they did when they would come up on them they were not moved they stood their position why because they said i'm standing on the good news i'm standing on what jesus done for me it ain't about me it's all about what he done They're bringing the good news. They're decreeing and they're declaring the good news because they know. See, it's still based on that belt of truth, isn't it? Then after you delivering that good news, it talks about having the shield of faith. You got to have the shield of faith, but it said above all. Why would they say above all? 
taking. Y'all know a shield. I can have a shield in front of me, but I can have it like this. You got to take it up. You can't have it dangling. You got to have it up at all times. It said, above all, taking the shield of faith. It said, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked. That shield has to be up at all times. What is that shield of faith? The Bible say, now faith. It said now, right now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not yet seen. So what I'm doing, the faith I have is for the unseen. Unseen. See, see, what we do is if it don't look right in the natural, we feel like God ain't in it. God is in unseen. We are spiritual beings. So I don't have to see it to believe it. Remember Dalton Thomas? Thomas didn't see Jesus. But Thomas say, unless I see what the nail prints in his hands... Unless I see where he was piercing his side, side I'm not going to believe. He said, the only way I'm believe, I got to see it. So Jesus, he showed up on the scene and he told Thomas, look at the nail prints. Look at how I was pierced in my side. He said, Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet still believe. He said, those are the blessed ones that saying, God, you don't have to show me nothing. I believe you because you're God. If you said it, that's enough for me. Just like the centurion when the person was dying, his servant was dying. He told Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. He said, just speak the word. And Jesus knew that his faith, his shield was up because he believed God. He didn't have to show up at the house. He said, just speak the word. So when your shield is up, that means that you have in faith in the promises of God outside of how you feel. You keeping that shield up and you saying, God, outside of my circumstances, I believe you, God. I believe your word is true. God, I'm set apart in your word. Sanctify me in truth. This is what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When we go through trials, we will know if our shield is up. Because they went through a trial where they said, you got to bow down. You got to bow down before our God. And they were saying, no, we will not bow down. But see, they knew what the word says. See, there go that belt. God said, have no other God before me. God said, I'm a jealous God. I'm the most high God. I'm El El Yon. You don't bow down to no other God but me. They stood on. See, there was in position. They said, the word said it. That's it. And that's what we're going to do. So they didn't do it. They said, you know what, Nebuchadnezzar? They said, if God deliver us, that's good. But if God don't deliver us, it's still good. Because they knew where their place was. They knew where they were going. And they went in that fiery furnace with the shield. Y'all don't get it. Because see what that shield do? It shields you. I'm going to give you an illustration. Remember I said about the shield, you got to hold it up. The shield shields you from the fiery dots. What they would do, they would wet the, sh- the shield. They would drench that shield with water. The water is the word. Amen. They would drench it with water. So when those darts come, the fire go out. Amen. Why? Because see, you got on the belt of truth. You got on the breastplate of righteousness. And check this out. When that fire went out, those soldiers, they were standing on truth. They were standing on what they believed. But this is how the shield helps us, y'all, in the body of Christ. Everybody's supposed to be on one accord. Manny, come up for me. 
James, come up. Mr. Bryant, come up. Mitch, come up. Come on up, Sister Mary. Now, if all of us are on one accord, come on, Miss Mary, get right here. Come on. If all of us are on one accord, come on, come in. And all of us got our shield up, hang close. We're on one accord, right? We all agree. We all get the same teaching. So when the enemy come in here like a flood, the spirit raise your shields. Raise them. Raise them, Miss Mary. We're going to touch. Our shields are going to touch where the enemy can't touch not one of us. Because we got our shield of faith up. All of us is standing on the word. But that ain't enough. Come here, Jennifer Simpson. Come here, Tyson. Come here, Rick Pearsall. Come here, Gloria Burgess. Come here, Kwana. Come on, Kathy Noon. No, I want y'all surrounded. I want you to make a circle. Just make a circle. Stand in front. Make a circle. Come on around. Let them close in the gaps. And hold your hands up. Get in tight. Guess what? We well-rounded. We well-rounded. But guess what else happens, too? Hmm. Pasta, come in the middle. Phyllis, come in the middle. Shirley, come in the middle. I want y'all to hold y'all hands up to heaven. Shirley, hold your hands up to heaven. Back up some apostle. And I want y'all to get closely together. Guess what happened? We were around it, right? Mm-hmm. And the enemy tried to do an overhead attack. We got people in the middle. All right. Amen. That's the shield of faith. Yeah. That's the way we do it in the body of Christ. We all brothers and sisters. We all got each other's back. Amen. It ain't about you do this and you do that. But all of us supposed to be on one accord. Amen. Ain't about, well, I can't do it because you're doing it. It's getting in position Amen. with these shields. So when the enemy come, guess what? We firing back at you. Because we got on our armor. Thank you. Amen. You got to have on... Your whole armor, your shield have to always be up. But what's happening is we are dangling. Because you know why? We get lazy. We wait on somebody else to do what we should be doing. The shield should always, the shield of faith should always be up. Because we walk by and not by sight. Faith come by And hearing come by, the church is off. The church is trying to do things with no armor. People are trying to tell people stuff with no armor. And if you don't have your armor on, you're going to be attacked. And you're going to be running. Do you know why you don't have no armor in the back? Because you don't supposed to run. Hello, somebody. (laughs) You don't supposed to be running. Some of us are running. That's why we're getting hit. You're supposed to stand your ground. When you know what the words say, you're not easily moved. 
People uproot out of churches because they're easily moved because they ain't got on no armor. People say something to you, you you, you speak the word, people get offended. Why you say that about me across the pulpit? What are you talking about? You know what you said. You know what you said. What are you talking about? Get under my feet, Satan. See, you're talking about me again. (laughs) Offense. I'm going to say it again. If you so easily offended, your arm ain't right. If you got jealousy, your arm ain't right. If you backbiting and you always holding grudges, your arm ain't right. Because I know what's happening in the body of Christ. We tuck it away until an acceptable time. Until an opportune time to fire back at our brother and sister. We hold on to that mess until it's time to bring it forward to hurt somebody. That's the enemy using you. And see, when we know the tactics of the enemy, we bring back love. We shoot him with a dose of love. You know how Cupid would come? And Cupid would take that arrow and shoot him. And they'd say, oh, I'm so in love. Yeah, right. Some of you think you got shot by Cupid. You got shot by the devil. That's who you got shot by. You better know who walking alongside of you that's breathing in your ear and saying, oh, how much I love you. Well, are you saved? Yeah, I've been saved all my life. Liar. That's why you need discerning of spirits. So you'll know what spirit is talking to you. Some of us just want to have somebody because we've been alone so long that we believe every lie and don't know the truth. And somebody will walk up to you and say, that ain't your husband. And you get mad at them. Oh, you just mad because you ain't got nobody. You never had nobody. Now I get my chance and you don't want me to have my chance. Well, you know what? You do you. And I'm going to still do me, devil. See, some people say, I'm going to tell you how I know whose armor is on. When you speak in truth, and I have to stop there, y'all, because I want to make sure you get all this. When you speak in truth, remember people are not going to like you, right? And when you speak in truth, people are going to tell you how you need to talk. Hello, somebody? You shouldn't have said that. Back up a minute. Back way up. Who said it? So who are you talking to? You talking to me or you talking to God? Because whatever he said to say, I'm saying it. Because what I did, I bought out something that was in you that you didn't know was in you. So I had to root that thing out. Y'all don't know who I am. A rooter from the tutor. That's what kind of ministry y'all up under. I'm going to root it out you. See, now you woke. Y'all awake. Some, you know what some people say? Now, she shouldn't have said that. Y'all didn't know that God has, he's humorous. He's a loving God. Y'all, this is how y'all want me to do it. Now, God said, thou says the Lord, yea is he. <laughs> You better know what ministry you're in. Because in this ministry, we root it up. 
we tear it down and now we're ready to build and to plant and it ain't about your feelings I ain't after your feelings people worry too much about people feelings feelings whoa 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 feelings it's about getting you where you need to be in the Lord You need to leave your feelings out of it. And you need to know when you're in your feelings. You need to say, Holy Spirit, is this a feeling? (laughs) Or is it you? First thing we say, you hurt my feelings. (laughs) When one tear falls, just wipe it and get back in position. Ask your neighbor. Say, is all your armor on? Say, for real. Is all your armor on? Say, if it is, you should like me and love me by now. Give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God good? All the time and all the time, God is good. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen to a good God. And guess what, y'all? Even through this teaching, deliverance is in the house. God is in the house. You should take that word. You should let that word get in you and marinate. You know, like on Thanksgiving, y'all women, we take that turkey, we clean that turkey, we we season that turkey, and we make sure it's marinating real good before we stick it in the oven, don't we? But we know when it get in that oven, it's going to be a pretty turkey. Right? Y'all, my daddy can cook a good turkey. We always give him that duty on Thanksgiving. Daddy, you just bring the turkey. That's all you need to bring It's you and the turkey. Daddy had that thing so pretty, we put that knife in there and everything began to fall apart. And we just, mm, 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 good. Because he know how to make the turkey. Now, why would I want to mess up a turkey when he can do good? So everybody, every joint supply, right? So we give God glory. Do we have any visitors at this time that would like to 